Donald Trump says he'll appeal against a court order to pay $83 million in damages to a woman he defamed. E. Jean Carroll had claimed the former U.S. president had destroyed her reputation by saying she'd lied about him sexually assaulting her in the 1990s. She said the ruling was a great victory for every woman. Neda Taufik reports from New York. E. Jean Carroll has now taken on Donald Trump twice in court, both times emerging victorious. Last May, he was found liable for sexual abuse and defamation and ordered to pay her $5 million in damages. This second defamation trial looks set to cost him far more, $83 million. Donald Trump was not present when the verdict was read. And earlier, he stormed out of court when E. Jean Carroll's lawyer was delivering her closing statement, arguing that the former president acted as if the law didn't apply to him. Afterward, he slammed the verdict on social media as absolutely ridiculous and a politically motivated witch hunt directed by President Biden. We will immediately appeal. We will set aside that ridiculous jury. And I just want to remind you all of one thing. I will continue with President Trump to fight for everybody's First Amendment right to speak. Everybody's a right to defend themselves when they are wrongfully accused and to be able to say, I didn't do it. Donald Trump has repeatedly denied raping the former advice columnist at a department store in the 90s. E. Jean Carroll's lawyers submitted as evidence, videos and posts where Trump continued to defame her while the trial was taking place. I have no idea who she is, where she came from. This is another scam. It's a political witch hunt. The damages awarded to E. Jean Carroll were far more than the 24 million she asked for. It signals that the jury agreed with her lawyers that only a very large sum that would hurt Donald Trump financially would convince him to stop. In a statement, E. Jean Carroll described the verdict as a victory for every woman who stands up when she's been knocked down and a huge defeat for every bully who's tried to keep a woman down. Donald Trump has plenty of other upcoming trials where he faces a total of 91 felony counts and the threat of jail time. But so far, it hasn't dented his chances of becoming the Republican presidential nominee. Quite the opposite, it's energized his base. Neda Taufik, BBC News, New York. Well, let's get some analysis on this now and go live to Laurie Laird in London. She's a U.S. political and economic commentator. Laurie, thank you so much for joining us on the program. I want to start by asking how damaging this uh, court order will be for Mr. Trump, especially with moderate voters. Essentially, how damaging are the damages? And I will say... Probably not at all, as we heard in that, that excellent report. This will only energize Donald Trump's base. Now, this is something we have been saying as some of these legal battles have unfolded. This is particularly true. Donald Trump may be a native son of New York. He is not popular there. And I suspect that his legal team will, they've already announced their intention to appeal. But I think one of the things that they will say is the difficulty of finding a balanced jury in a place like New York City, which is overwhelmingly democratic. I think this will be part of the appeal. And I think it also feeds the narrative that Donald Trump has really amplified, which is this is a witch hunt. I am not 
popular in certain places. The legal system is being turned against me. It's being weaponized. This will help that narrative without a doubt. So does it matter if he continues to have verdicts or decisions, decisions going against him, especially if they're punitive monetary damages that he has to then pay? And, and the, the damages are very high. Look, this is so much higher than what the plaintiff was asking for. And biggest, as you say, the biggest section was punitive damages, 65 million. I think there are questions over whether Donald Trump can get his hands on that kind of money aside from campaign money. Uh, a lot of his uh, money is tied up in assets. But will this deter him? Probably not. Again, I think this will energize him. Now, you, you mentioned moderate voters. I think the big question is whether those moderate voters, and there aren't as many of them in the U.S. as there have been in decades past. I think most voters have really started to identify in the U.S. with one camp or the other. This is something that we talked about with the New Hampshire primaries, where there are a large number of moderate voters. New Hampshire is not like the rest of the country. They tended not to break for Donald Trump. But I do not think these moderate voters are going to be a, a, a huge factor going forward. I think that the problems that the Democrats may have is trying to get moderate voters uh, to get out at the, at the polls. I think that many voters have been turned off by the political process altogether. So Donald Trump's position is that all of these cases are a witch hunt. So what's the response from the government and the Democratic Party? How do they respond to that allegation from the former president? Well, I mean, the Democratic Party is in a difficult situation because any sort of vigorous response to that simply fans that narrative that the democratically controlled system, or at least the Democratic administration, is rigged against Donald Trump. But I think that you are raising a very, very good question. Is Donald Trump has some momentum here, at least amongst his voters. We talk a lot about Donald Trump's base. It's not a majority of the country, but it certainly is a very enthusiastic minority of the country. How do the Democrats handle this now that we're... we're I think we can assume Donald Trump is the Republican nominee. We're looking toward November. How do the Democrats campaign? What are some of the themes they can touch upon? Last week, uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and their spouses were in Northern Virginia. They did a big rally where abortion rights were the big theme. I think that is fertile territory for the Democrats. Expect to see that come up a lot. But the Democrats are going to have to come up with some other narratives, particularly on immigration. Voters tell the uh, pollsters that they're concerned about immigration. It was a big issue in New Hampshire, despite the fact that New Hampshire is 2,600 uh, miles from the Mexican border. The Democrats are vulnerable there. Thank you very much, Laurie. Thanks for joining us on the program. That's Laurie Laird, a U.S. economic and political commentator.